I'm, I'm ready to roll. Okay. <laughs> Hello, the internet, and welcome to Should Have Been There Last, the podcast where friends, fans, and musicians get together to discuss the discographies of our favorite bands and figure out where they fell off. Today's band is Green Day, an American pop-punk band formed in Berkeley, California in 1987 by members Billy Joe Armstrong and Mike Dirt. They released a few couple uh, extended play albums in the early 80s, or late 80s. Oh, jeez. See, I fucked that up. Start all over. <laughs> I tried to get professional. I like Couldn't your radio voice. The extended plays. Right? Hi, everybody. <laughs> that wasn't even written down. I ad-libbed extended play, right? Don't, don't, yeah. don't ad-lib. That's the problem. Stick to yeah, the script. We'll do a live. Fuck it. <laughs> In 1992, they added drummer Trey Cool and released Kerplunk. 1994 saw them leave Lookout Records for Reprise Records and released their major label smash hit, Dookie, arguably spearheading their mainstream embrace of punk bands to follow, such as Bad Religion, Blink-182, oh, jeez, what the fuck? I can't read in this light. (laughs) (laughs) I tried. You tried. I did try. Uh, whatever. Move on. We all know who Green Day is, I guess. They, in 2004, they released uh, American Idiot, which was a politically topical album of the time. Um, eventually turned into a Broadway musical in 2010. 2009 saw them release 20th Century Breakdown, which is kind of just retreading the same water. Uh, they... Uh, in 2012, <laughs> they released three albums titled Uno Dos Trace. Uh, they were all released three months apart. Uh, 2016, they saw the release of Revolution Radio. And in 2020, they released Father of All Mother. <laughs> Nowhere is it actually spelled all the way out, so you're not allowed to say it. Can um, we say it here, though? Yeah, this is not a family-friendly podcast. Go ahead. You and can say, say it, but cool. I'm not gonna. Get, I'm not gonna dignify it. Bottom You're not gonna write it on the album title. Like, <laughs> I believe it's. So sorry, I did try and be a little bit prevent that. But anyways, we're joined. I'm Liam. I'm your host. We're doing Green Day here. Across the aisle is this. Hi. We're also joined by Sean from Pretty Flowers and Aria from Coffin Salesman. We're really glad to see you guys here across video, and we're in the core. Um, how are you guys doing? Doing, doing well, well, thank you. Yeah, doing well. I'm doing well as well. C- considering, uh, the yeah, all things considered, I'm trying to come up with different phrases to say. I don't think we can use uh, unprecedented times anymore. Trying times, and uh, yeah, now more than ever, I'm canceling that one. Well, to quote Green Day, to quote Green Day, we're living in troubled times. Oh, see, there it is. Yeah, I already <laughs> want to get from there. Could be. It's gonna be a long conversation, boys. <laughs> Could be a 21st century breakdown in itself. <laughs> right. <laughs> there you go. Um, so I did try and take notes. Uh, I can't them in the light currently, uh, but I was trying to make some jokes there. Uh, otherwise, uh, let's start with Sean. What? Why Green Day? Why would you want to come on here? What's your What's your uh, relationship to them yeah that's 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 a big question um well first of all i was 10 years old when Dookie came out so i was the perfect age 
um, to really grab onto that. Um, at the time, I wasn't angry enough to like Nirvana, so I needed something with a little levity. So a song about masturbating um, seems, seems to work uh, with an album called Dookie. Um, but yeah, I, they're the reason why I play music. I've been playing music since, since then. Um, and I followed their career up until father of all. So, um, I've been a big fan. <laughs> I have a lot to say. Um, I'll continue to be a fan. Um, I have opinions, but, uh, there's just a band that's stuck with me and every kind of major phase in my life, uh, a great albums come out and somehow hit the mark for me. Um, and it's so way. you've like, you've, you've grown with them too. Like, at yeah. certain points, the albums hit for you. Wow, I grew out of them hard. Yeah, that's special. <laughs> I know a lot of people have. I people in their mid to late thirties. Uh, I'm in the minority of Green Day fans, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I mean, Dookie was right around that same age for me. Uh, that hit right around the same time, and definitely same thing. Uh, although I still like Nirvana, but there was a, there was something else about Dookie that was uh, running around and being in backyards and. <laughs> being a little piece of shit really. Aria, how about you? Uh, I don't know. So I feel like Green Day was kind of a band that was always sort of like present in like a mainstream sense when I was younger. And then I remember being in junior high around the time American Idiot came out and they had this second kind of explosion. They used to be this band that kind of became like the the band with all like the radio hits, something like a Weezer sort of thing. Um, and then they kind of had this kind of second wind. And so it just revitalized the interest in the whole catalog. And around the time I was starting getting into playing music and the bands I was in, we'd play a lot of like those songs and that music, um, meant a lot to me. It still means a lot to me. I think it's like a really, um, just cool, important thing. Um, <laughs> but I feel with the subject of the podcast, I feel like it's interesting because I feel like this band has some particular, um, miss hits and misses and um i think it's interesting to talk about so yeah i mean any great band's got you know some 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 clunkers and so it'd be interesting to dig in to see what everyone thinks uh the clunkers are <laughs> because yeah. I mean, it's, you know it's a testament so should... to them that 30 years on they're still making records and still you know relevant and playing stadiums and making teenage fans you know you know, right. we're banned in the 50s have like you know teenage fans still that's true kind of weird yeah well one thing one thing i'd add to that too is i think it is um noteworthy and very praiseworthy to have a consistent lineup across that time period um, yeah yeah a lot of yeah a lot of rock bands it's usually like the um the brainchild of one person but it's kind of been the same band pretty much since the beginning yeah i mean they're um, the same dude since once 1992 comes on board um you have the beginning of the band the line doesn't really change and you don't really see a lot of like interband drama play out in a public sense to just kind of make the records when they make the records i don't know they seem like they... i always thought that was kind of interesting yeah exactly they, they seem like they want to be around each other <laughs> and it, it kind of shows when they perform too you know there's that brotherhood that um you don't get to see very often, like you said. You know, a lot of bands don't stick to the same the same lineup. And maybe you too. <laughs> For forty years. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I was thinking about this earlier because they are Green Day is sort of um, 
up there with I would say like the Foo Fighters as like the biggest American active rock bands. Um, oh sure. And they've obviously I been mean, around. As long as Red Hot Chili Peppers is at the top. <laughs> um, my <laughs> his- that episode. Right, right, right. Uh, I think my history is sort of similar to Sean's. I think we're probably just about the same age. I was in um, maybe fifth grade, you know, like uh, 10 turning 11 when I first heard Dookie. Some one of my friends uh, brought it into like music class. And on, on Fridays, we got to like listen to someone's song that like, you know, that they brought in. Uh, and some, and my, I, think awesome. it was, I think it was my friend Charles. Uh, Charles Hickox, who brought in Dookie, and he probably didn't play um, Longview, or you know, but he probably played something that was like friendly, uh, kid friendly at that was time. Ba- I was gonna say, was it Basky Case? It's probably Basky Case, or I don't know. Is there any swearing in Welcome to Paradise? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But he brought it in, and uh, that was a huge like turning point. I think for me, like hearing that, um, again, hearing Nirvana and like he had a guitar in his house and I would go over to his house and he would play Green Day on the CD or the tape. It's probably a tape. Um, And I would pick up his guitar and I would just kind of like strum along thinking like I knew what I was doing and how to play. And that was sort of like the start of it. Um, But I didn't, unlike Sean, I didn't stick with them as long. I mean, I probably, I I love Dookie so much that I think when like Insomniac came out at the time a year later, I probably didn't listen to it because I was like, this is my one CD and I'm going to carry it around in my disc man. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, um, I'll save that other one for later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll get it later when it's used at Newberry Comics or whatever. Um, But yeah, I mean, that Dookie at the age of 10 or 11 was groundbreaking and it was like life changing. So I'm excited to dive in a little bit. Yeah. I think, but I think we'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, I, I distinctly remember the same memory of uh, Dookie. It was so our backyards were diagonal from each other as my friend, Mike, and it was his brother's tape. I was probably only like 10 or something at the time. Um, and it was like having a pixie stick for the first time. Like, it was just like <laughs> too much all at once. Like, it, it just hit right away. And um, then it's crazy to think of, like, I stuck with them. I remember really liking Insomniac. Um, I loved Warning. I remember my sister was on their street team when Warning came out, so we got like sheets and sheets of stickers that were all different warning signs. Um, and I wish I held on to any of them. I, I, I stuck them all over the place in fucking Copley. Um, I still have some. I work I then, so I have some of those stickers still. Yeah, they're <laughs> dope. I remember, and like, I, I, we wasted them all. Um, and then I think, I, you know, I grew out of them for uh, American Idiot. That was like, I was too old for them. That didn't <laughs> land for me. Um, but I'm also, the other crazy thing to think about is like, I'm struggling. I feel like it's crazy for me to say that I haven't seen Green Day live, but I can't 
remember seeing Green Day. <laughs> yeah, I never saw them. So I don't. I've I've I don't seen think them. I did. I think I've seen them every time they've been in Los Angeles since 1995. With, <laughs> I think two two exceptions. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and one of them was when they were on tour with Blink 182 in like 2001. I didn't want to bother. I remember that tour. I don't know if I went to see it. Like, I think my sister might have. Yeah. I think they were on the decline. It was before uh, American Idiot. It was when they kind of were getting smaller in scale. Mm-hmm. And then American Idiot kind of went back, you know, to the stars. As it it's were. insane what American Idiot did That's to it. them. I oh. think they wouldn't have lasted had American Idiot not happened. So let's, I think, like, the way I see their discography is kind of like, one long wave through warning that is kind of like a standard band career arc and then something really different happens mm-hmm. um with a record like american idiot so do you, should we like chunk it in like yeah because i consider it like yeah, I mean, yeah. the way the way i view well i i, I was know. i was texting uh liam earlier today about this they are a band who for so what 30 years basically give or take uh 30 years 30 years 75 million records sold they have had (laughs) three different greatest hits releases (laughs) um by reprise records right and so the first one um international super hits comes out after warning right at the end of like their first act as a as a big band and then um there's like a promotional greatest hits that reprise releases um, after 20th century breakdown. And then they release another one after um, revolution radio. Right. Yeah, so, God's so God's God's yeah, yeah. God's favorite band. So now they're, if, if we're using each time they get a greatest hits record as like <laughs> uh, an act of their life, they're in like their fourth phase of green day now. <laughs> where they're just <laughs> so in like three years we'll get another greatest hits record that will include some songs let me tell you maybe, i don't like this maybe. phase <laughs> say it again this newest record is the craziest shit i have ever so <laughs> so so should we start at the end and work our way back start at the end work our way there yeah, 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 yeah. sorry i'm getting ahead of myself yeah, no it's good no so it's no i mean if we, we'll start at the newest i mean so we all no no, no yeah. we all it seems like we we Three out of four of us came in on Dookie. Ari, it sounds like you kind of sort of came in at American Idiot Four. Yeah, probably. And probably so, like, really you probably heavy. went back and you hit that one. I think that is an interesting... I think, yeah, they definitely garnered a whole new generation of fans as much as, like, we'd all hang out and we're the same generation. Like, American Idiot is kind of a line in the sand, I think, for people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are people can... that think that that's like, I mean, I'm sure they know of like Dookie and, 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 you know, know like hearing brains do on the radio, but I'm sure there are a whole slew of people who like heard, <clears throat> excuse me, heard American Idiot and then just continued to like. And then went back. No, but never went back and just continued to like oh. go forward. I'm sure that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm sure that those I, people I don't feel exist. That way. I feel like... I feel yeah. like for the most part, people who jumped on at that point kind of worked their way back through at least the yeah, high points. Like proper of, music fans. Or yeah. the hit. At least a dookie. 
Right. It was interesting though. I mean, like those hits are so big that they're unavoidable. Mm -hmm. At any since they came out, any of the hits off Dookie are unavoidable on the radio for like twenty five years. Right. I mean, they're still on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Classic rock radio now. Well, when when American Idiot came out, I was teaching drums uh, to kids, and that was so popular at the time. Most of those kids wanted to hear American Idiot, and I would go, "Oh, let's do." Because the song that made me want to play the drums was "When I Come Around." Mm-hmm. So the second I got cool. a drum, kit, I pretended like like you, like I pretended like, "Oh, I could play this," right. um, and that's kind of how I learned was just putting headphones on, listening to Dookie, and that's you know uh, that kind of kind of formed me. So I figured I'd pay it forward, and when I was teaching these kids American Idiot songs, I'm like, "Oh, what about?" let's play she or let's let's go play you know 2000 light years away or something and they were just completely unaware right that there was four albums five albums prior to um that they could have dug into you know and for me that was like my childhood right (laughs) my teens into my 20s is right there and they're just they're at that age when i was listening to dookie you know so they're like a you know a little diva, something I can kind of you know (laughs) were they were they were they receptive to that did they appreciate dookie yeah yeah because i still i mean i think at the time you know the, the, the music is green day is green day right it's like kind of ramones in a sense where they they veer off in a lot of directions which i'm sure we'll talk about mm. but it's still green day you know what i mean the, the there's a sound are, there's a definite sound to green day until you life. get to yeah. that new record no i think <laughs> I, I would say there's still part of their sound in that sound yeah, i think there's there, something yeah. they do they get around to with it, the really like, heavy hits on like every one you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, something about like them as a band always sounds like them as a band, no matter how you dress it up. Exactly. There's Trey's um, feel. There's the bass playing. You know, Billy's. You know, only so many chord progressions. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. There's but definitely... The kids were responding. It's cool. It was cool to see that. Yeah. Um, and that that even that was what 15 years ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is crazy. Longer. Welcome to we're old. 25 years. Ago. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, I think my take on like the first wave of the discography is everything through the 90s is like regardless of what people's favorites are i think there's consensus for well maybe i'm wrong i feel like there's consensus that most of the 90s stuff is putting on like equal footing i feel like um once they hit dookie um they do dookie insomniac nimrod and i feel like people feel like pretty comfortable saying all those records are pretty, like high quality mm-hmm. in those terms be of all the same record <laughs> right i mean i think they do i think they expand record to record like i think uh my take now is i think insomniac is probably the best of their 90s work i totally um, agree with you i can't i can't let that album go it's yeah. so good <laughs> that is it's their like, angriest it's their most concise it's like it's just this little, I don't know, bubbling stew. It's really cool. It's a great record. Yeah, I, I think like I love that record. I think in my heart, that is like the 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 best sort of. I don't know. It is it is my favorite. It is my my like eternal uh, go back to record. The thing that's funny though, and and I think I remember always hearing this is like that that record came as a response to critics saying that like dookie wasn't punk enough for a punk band right and so right so in a sense because it it was them 
making a different quote unquote more punk sound it's kind of like this outlier where among the the rest of the discography it kind of doesn't fit oh see i don't don't know about that it's not that much harder i mean going back to it no it's it's not it's like say like oh that was more punk but it's still pop punk oh yeah those lyrics dark the lyrics are so dark on that record (laughs) yeah no i think there's definitely more of an edge to that um compared to like the stuff that's on duke which feels like a lot more freeform weirdo stoner people stuff um yeah like it's a much more relaxed record in contrast to what comes and it's kind of Um, cool to i don't know like they made dookie this huge big pop record billion erect billion sold and then the follow-up is like a 28-minute, super fast, super dark, you know, not too many hits. Um, I thought that was kind of cool at the time. Yeah. To do that. Definitely. You know, I loved it at the time. And the way they did Brain Stew and Jaded is like one single. And mm-hmm. I still get mad it, like... when I only hear half of that on the radio. <laughs> yeah. It's the most infuriating yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. I have to hear the that... next part. It's all one song. Yeah. Yeah. I think... That record, I think, is the perfect example. Um, I feel like there's making a record you can go either with, like, we're going to make a production to make like these songs sound a certain way in a studio environment. And then there, that's fine for some records. And then there's some records where it's just like, this is the band playing the songs exactly how they would play them. And I feel like that record is a perfect moment in time for them. They're kind of like firing on all cylinders, just like absolutely it captured them like right when you couldn't have it couldn't have been better they had just gotten crazy successful they're still running a mile a minute um so tight yeah insomniac's definitely a highlight i think i will i think we're all agreed on that yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it's tough then you know yeah then they they go into nimrod like you said earlier i think those 90s records insomniac nimrod uh morning American Idiot wouldn't have happened without those three because if you listen to the styles, how they change, you know, with each one, Nimrod added some surf music, some yep. ballads. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. Ballad change, and then well, we had acoustic guitars, and so they kind of put all that together and put it into American Idiot into one sort of concise thing. Yeah. There's a, there's like, a, a, a clear trajectory, I think, um, where you're taking all these little bits and pieces from these records that you made over the years. Um, sort of growing your sound and developing it and bringing it all into this one super punk uh, rock opera that's like, I mean, I I missed sort of American Idiot when uh, it was happening because I I wasn't still into Green Day. Um, Really, I had moved on to... I don't know. I was probably listening to a lot of Jimmy Eat World or, you know, <laughs> Sunny Day Real Estate or whatever at that time. I had shifted my my musical stylings and it hit with such such an explosion. Um, and it and it really did dominate the airwaves that I don't know if I like pushed back on it a little bit. And like this snotty, like 19 year old. Like now, now everyone else likes them, and and so now I don't want to like them because you know, they're that, they're just yeah, like that definitely happens. You know, they're just too big. I mean, yeah, there's... Um, but I listened to it. Obviously, I went back to it today. Um, 
and and you know over the past couple of days leading up to this and it's a fucking good record it really Ugh, yeah i disagree ah. well, well i think before we, i think before we get there i'm just I saying it's was... a good record i'm not making any dramatic claims just yet I'm just saying. I know you're not. That it's I a good. I just disagree fundamentally record. that it's a good record. Okay. <laughs> I think before we get there, yeah, yeah. I think like <laughs> warning, warning is the dark horse in the room, because mm. I feel like um, Nimrod feels like a very. It's not my favorite by any stretch, really, but it feels like a very quintessential Green Day record. But they step out and try a lot of things. Yeah, like they get Lemmy guest vocals and they do weird surf tracks. Mm-hmm. And I do like listening it, to it, that more as a kid. Yeah, yeah, it, like it, they it, they step out more, and the songs are like catchy and really strong, um, and they ride pretty high on time of your life. But then mm-hmm. after that, nothing really happens for a while, mm-hmm. and then warning comes out and warning. Um, feels in a lot of ways like a kind of like alternative rock record of the time like almost like a singer songwriter record with like a heavy acoustic guitars and just like and it's really loose it's very kind of like melancholy mid-tempo slow and at that point the band's getting less popular probably less popular than they've ever been in their whole career and it feels like that for any other band that would have been like an and a career ending record not that the career not that the record would sink them but that's it sort of feels like a right like like it should have been their last record <laughs> well i don't think it <laughs> or it could have been, been. Their last, but it, it could have he's thinking, it could of, have he's, been. he's thinking it could have yeah yeah it definitely could have been yeah, yeah i mean but yeah that read good no, go ahead sean I was just saying that I, I, I like that record too. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say I like all of them, but um, <laughs> warning is interesting too, because I think that's the one where they where their influences on their sleeve the most. Um, like the song warning is literally picture book by the Kinks. Right. Um, right. You know, there's uh, the song um, waiting is downtown by Petula Clark. <laughs> the same melody. <laughs> um, there's one that I think love me do like, but it, but it's done through the filter of green day. And I felt like since that record, they've been doing a lot of that. Um, but for me, you know, that's the cool thing about Green Day is, you know, uh, discovering Picture Book by the Kinks, which is on Village Green Preservation Society, which is a great record. And discovering that by by way of Green Day is kind of cool. Um, so they allow people that, you know, don't just like Green Day to sort of go into different avenues and different music, um, which I'm sure when you guys were listening to Dookie, you probably discovered but you love the buzzcock or stick little fingers or whatever, right? You know, it's right. it's a gateway. So they they opened up that gateway palette, I think, on warning. So there's a lot of interesting. Yeah, for me, warning like warning is my favorite album. That's my favorite Green Day, hands down. That's the one I go back to the most. Um, not to spoil the lead or anything. Well, the I song's think... good for tapes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I feel like at least from a lyrical perspective, it's probably like their most focused, I feel like. I just feel like the songs are interesting. There's just um, a lot of dynamics going on. Yeah, like and like they use different instruments and I feel like a lot of that goes away later on and like uh, their guitar tone just it, it gets so monotonous after a while. Maybe that's just listening to a lot of the records in a row, but 
um, like at least with warning, like the you know there's up and downs, there's timpanies, there's they use mandolin over here, they have fucking some guy playing you know orchestra drums over there, um, and uh, I don't I I feel like after American Idiot, they try and just recapture the spirit of American Idiot. And then sort of flail around as a pop punk band. And like, and now they've come around to whatever they're doing now. <laughs> whatever. Like, is. I literally, like, I wrote in my notes that Uno Dos Trace is a tantrum. Like, that's like, <laughs> nobody has the right to release those three records a month <laughs> apart. That's not I fair. Mean, like right. so many other people could have used that studio time to make really good songs, and instead, <laughs> you get. Well, that. I think I have. Um, so I don't. I feel like there's a way. I feel like there's still a lot in between there. So after like warning, you get like nothing for a while. It feels like not a lot of Was wind shenanigans. What was Shenanigans? That's what I thought. Okay. Because I went back and listened to it, and then I was like, are are they really B-side? And, like, I kind of had to assume they were. They they were, because I had a Geek Stink Breath CD single. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And two of those songs from Shenanigans were on there, and then they had a couple songs from movie soundtracks. Um, They did a cover of Tired Waiting for You for the Howard Stern movie. Um... They did a song on an Austin Powers soundtrack. So they just collected all the odds and ends <laughs> of the 90s. That's what I thought it was, yeah. yeah. I don't know if that counts as a record, but... <laughs> there's I, some stuff. I, don't know. I don't know if I would... Not for it. our purposes yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like... I think there's some great songs on there. But... Yeah, that, that was part of the, like... When they're, yeah, between Morning and Mark Idiot, where it was like, let's do a Greatest Hits album. Let's do a B-Sides album. Let's try to keep it alive, but it kind of wasn't, well, you know? Right. There's this whole weird uh, mythology, or I'm, I'm sure they've kind of trumped it up themselves to make it sound more interesting than it is, but there's the whole lost record in between Morning yeah. and American Idiot, Cigarettes and Valentines, or whatever. And a lot of those songs came back at a later point, but it's kind of telling that they're at a point in their career where they at least record a full-length record, and for whatever reason, it's not good enough to release, and so it gets lost. That's crazy. And, and they completely suck. And so the kind of the move, it's it's a very interesting move that I feel like a lot of fans, I don't know, it's a very it's very audacious to be like, okay, we couldn't do our back to roots pop punk record, so let's do a rock opera. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, the and I feel like um and that record obviously like blew up like crazy, but just the the audacity to do that at that time period, because I mean I feel like you can give them credit or blame them, depending on how you see this for reintroducing the concept of a concept record into like mainstream music mm-hmm. no way they don't get any of that crap. i don't know <laughs> I feel like maybe, maybe, maybe this was my experience but i feel like there weren't a lot of concept records that i was aware of being regularly released at that period in time 
And then yeah, once I, want to give I feel like you're right, but I don't want to give them that title. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not saying it was a good thing because I feel like a lot of people tried very ill-fated concepts. Yeah. Boy, yeah. wait, hold on. Can we, can we pause since I've already interrupted you? Can anyone explain to me the actual fucking story of American Idiot? Because I cannot figure out the conceit of it. And I've read what it's supposed to be, and I've listened to it several times now. Is it supposed to not? Do I'm supposed to listen the tracks out of order? I just see it simply as like a coming of age story. But that's bullshit. <laughs> then you just wrote a bunch of songs about growing up, and you're like, "Yeah, it's a fucking thing about Bush, Blah, sell a million records." That I don't. What, what I the like story? about the Who's so Tommy. The kid was blind, but he was great at pinball. I get it. And American he grew up. Idiot. That's a great up story too. I get it. American idiot. I don't get it. What is it about? There's a heart on the cover. <laughs> I, I actually don't think I could come up with like a good story arc for it. But that's kind of what I like about it. Um, it kind of leads its way to a lot of like weird ambiguity and like almost like a so fan fiction. How you want to write it for yourself? Yeah. And I mean, like, I, I would argue that, like, it, what it lacks for, for in being consistent in story, it works with mood. Because I feel like the mood shifts throughout the album in a pretty consistent way. And by the end, you feel like you've gotten somewhere where the story is, even though you don't know what it means. You feel like you know what it means. It does, it does feel like uh, Yeah. yeah. I don't. I disagree. That album's all over the place, and I've I've patiently tried to get a story out of that album, and it's not there. I don't I mean, know how they made a Broadway play out of it. Like what? Uh, I saw it, by the way. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> okay, um, so there's more. In- <laughs> uh, no, I mean it's just d- disillusioned youth you know, growing up in kind of a fucked up place at a fucked up time, finding each other, um, kind of through music. I mean, it's, it, you know, I, I don't know, like, like it's open-ended or, you know, it could be pretentious or it could be simplistic, but I think it is open to interpretation, however you want to see it. You know, you either think you're that St. Jimmy guy or you hate that St. Jimmy guy. But um, I think at the, at the end of the day, what matters is the the music, right? It's the songs are good. Well, some of us think the songs are good, but I um, think the song's good. And 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 it and it, and it oh, takes you when September you. ends or whatever. Wake me up when September. Oh God, I hate I that song. I that's my least favorite. Up there. I hate that yeah. song. Oh, I would fight that song if it was a person. <laughs> I wish I would. N- I had never heard that song in my life. My God. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. And love that, that feels like a deliberate retread of. Whatever it is from Nimrod, time of your life. Uh, yeah, time of your life. Like that feels like he's deliberately trying to call people's attention back to like playing that before and now having this song. I don't know. Or maybe just needed another like senior prom dance song for another generation. I mean, yeah, I, I don't. I won't. I wouldn't disagree with that, but I think it's effective in doing that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when so you, I can't hate it for that. It's like designed to do a job, and it does and that it does job, it. and it does it. Yeah, you can't. Like, but oh, I hate it. That, that, and then, that's, then that's, in an in an arena with twenty thousand people, 
and it's like it's a big song like a song's meant to be played in an arena right so when you see it in that context too it kind of takes on a whole new life and makes you appreciate it more because i'm not a big fan of that song either but hearing it in that grandiose setting with all the people and the cell phones and all that yeah and the lighters cool. and or the cell phones mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an arena. Record. It's an arena song. I mean, definitely as they, I mean, the whole record. as they're getting closer to releasing that, they're more of a. I think they start thinking less about, um, you know how a song translates in a medium-sized club, to what a song can be with thirty thousand screaming that fans. That to them. I don't know how they could imagine having that kind of comeback. Though. I don't think how anyone could have predicted that kind of comeback. Yeah, I think they just went for it. Personally. <laughs> <Just> cool. <laughs> um, I will say, I mean, if we're going to do any critiquing, I mean, for American Idiot, for me, the production is so huge. It is, it can be kind of hard to listen to um, because it doesn't, it is, yeah. it doesn't feel intimate. Um, it's like I said, warning fits good on mixtapes. Uh, because there's that dynamic intimacy to it, but American Idiot is just so big. And I know that, like, I think it literally changed mm. how records are engineered. Mm. Um, <laughs> volumes are more loud now because of American Idiot. And so there's something about, Ugh. like, like being drilled in the head, you know, production-wise. I right. like the songs, but it, there is a, it's so fucking big, you know, that sometimes it, it kind of hurts to listen to. <laughs> right. Yeah, if that, no. but I feel but like, the, and that's like, it, you know, yeah, through the mid two thousands, I feel like you get a lot of very, very loud records, and um, the guy who produced American Idiot the year after, I think, produces the Black Parade. So there you get like your that makes sense grandiose rock opera on crack. No, that's that's where you do it right. That's <laughs> how you do it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if we were gonna have a podcast hitting bands against each other that'd be one thing but <laughs> I, I would say that album is better produced um but yeah, I, I enjoy that album better too and there's a there's an actual narrative structure to it so <laughs> i would give that one as a point i mean I, I would i would still argue that record is like fairly vague it's like someone's dying of cancer okay right i don't know but there's like it feels that I can follow the narrative of what's happening through those songs. The uh, American Idiot does not make sense to me. It never has. And then I never what? knew <laughs> if 21st Century Breakdown was a sequel or not. Apparently it's vaguely a sequel. And it's like, why even bother then? I feel yeah, like so you're I just think... writing songs about being disenfranchised and calling them all of concept record. <laughs> Um, well, for moving mm-hmm. on to that record, um, that one's a little harder to follow uh, story-wise. I don't know if you agree with me on that one, uh, 21st Century. So my opinion on that one is I feel like they try to force more linear story in, and it also doesn't really make sense. I think what I liked about American Idiot is it's kind of like nebulous and mysterious with like these characters. And I don't know, it might be whole like schizoid character that we're following the whole time. But this record, it's like, they try to have like a, a romance 
through like end times type of situation. Right. And I feel like all the things that they do on American Idiot that are kind of like cheesy and hoagie, they kind of like double down on. Um, yeah. Amplified. Yeah. Productions too, yeah. But I think Butch Vig produced that, right? I hate yeah, Butch so Vig. Yeah, so that... <laughs> That that man and he ruins report, them all. He, he ruins he ruins everything that he touches. I wish that he, he had just never turns everything into bricks. Yeah, it, I mean, I I mentioned this last time. Like, never mind is Nirvana's worst sounding record because it's the cleanest, most polished. But because that record did what it did, everybody wants Butch Vig to do the same thing for them, and it yeah. just creates. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> it creates an exasperating sound from my mouth is what it creates. Right. <laughs> if he could have gone back in time and stopped Butch Fig, would you? Yeah. Like he kill you kill him before he ever makes another I mean, I would just tell him to like stay stay in his lane and, and just be a member of Stay out of here. <laughs> yeah. Just stay in garbage and do do your yeah. stuff over here. Keep it Go controlled. Off, your guitarist. <laughs> Nobody wants you behind the board. And I, I... I, I like some records he's done, but that's besides the point. That's not where I think. I think for twenty first on Green Day, touching Green Day. <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't touch. Yeah. That. I mean, I think. I think they're kind of riding their high a little too much with twenty first century breakdown. They're like, oh, we're a rock band now, mm. and they start putting on this pretense. And like when that record came out, like I thought it was enjoyable at the time, just because it was so long since there was like new music that's like oh something new uh can't wait to listen to it but like i feel like a lot of the writing doesn't really hold up at best they just try to rehash ideas from american idiot and then they kind of expand it into this kind of like classic rock territory where they're trying to do these like who-esque riffs from time to time and incorporate more like even more production yeah it's also Uh, 70 minutes long which and like I, which is like one of the longest records they have yeah i mean and, and you you liam touched on this a little bit earlier i i like i like my green day green day for me is like a five-hour energy drink you know well i mean yeah. i like them more it's than i like stick, but they're like three foot long, yeah long I, I i like them more than i like five-hour energy drinks but but i like them to be like this quick uh to the point punchy record that i can like tap my foot to or like i don't know when i was younger like pretend that i knew how to skateboard to or you know like like run around and when when the records are coming in at like 35 maybe a little bit just under 40 that's great that's perfect but i lose interest because there is, it's like it's like they go into the studio and there's like you know it's like that joke. Was it from The Simpsons or from the critic? Like the like turn the suck off button. It's like it's like they they go in and there's like oh yeah, yeah. there's like a Green Day button right and they go in and they all plug into their amps and then they press the Green Day button on the control panel and then everything like and all the dials on the amps go a certain way and and they put out a sound and like that sound gets a little tiring for me when we're approaching the 70 minute mark. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Somebody just took a screenshot. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, there's a grinding like sort of 
to their distortion at a certain point for their later records, at least to me. Like, it all starts sounding the same. None of the dynamic really changes up. They had that weird rap song in the middle. Uh, until, I mean, whenever we're going to get to this latest record, I don't know. That's really the <laughs> we'll one. We'll get there soon. Oh, oh my no, God. No. I think um, I might go back and listen to that one the most now. Uh, it's really, I mean. But yeah, I mean, that's I, their they, shortest. They definitely, it I is. feel like, what would, can anybody justify Uno Dos Trace? Can no. anybody so, justify it? I, I mean, Sean can. <laughs> I also I want to I want to just bring this up real quick and then Sean can can fight for it. They so when obviously when we think about Green Day, we think of it's a three piece band, right? Green Green Day is a trio. It's those three principal members. Yeah. Yep. They add their touring guitarist as a permanent fourth member just before releasing those three records, and then he doesn't get an album. And then, and then immediately after completing his Jason Jason White, right? So from twenty twelve to twenty sixteen, he's a permanent like second guitarist. But then they make a trio of records, and then they put him back on, and then they put him back on on like touring guitarists. That's the best. (laughs) You know what? You won me over. You justify. That's the reason for it. (laughs) (laughs) That is the most spiteful thing I've ever heard in my life. I love it. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, so Jason Jason was playing guitar with them, I think, since Warning. Okay. He was when I saw them on the Warning tour. He was there, so it was the first time I saw him because mm. they needed that second guitar sound because the acoustic guitar, or whatever. So he'd been in the band for at this point now twenty years. When they did Uno Dos Trey, they did a thing called Quattro, which was a documentary about the making of those albums. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> And so that sort of, uh, you know, they, they show Jason. But is his the, face the on the cover of that? Album, I think so. Okay. I think well, so. All right. uh, look at the artwork on the on the CDs, which is what I had at the time. Uh, yeah, he's all over it. There's four guys in the band. Okay. It's kind of interesting that they did. Yeah. yeah. And um, then and then they kicked him back off. <laughs> and then yeah yeah so who knows uh, what that was? Maybe yeah. he left. It sounded like he left amicably. I mean, he still plays. No, he's still, yeah, he's still just the touring guitar. Because oh. Billy Joe's got to run oh, around yeah. the that the sounds... catwalk a lot. Yeah. Yes. yeah no, my take on those three records, um, I think, at some point you can distinguish them from each other, kind of. Um, but they kind of just seem like bloated collections of like B sides and half thumbs ideas i feel like that's there's all like, what like i feel like there's like an occasional like good song there or like good for maybe a B-side song. one per record <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it, it, there's it a just solid feels ep like, somewhere anything, in there if anything those records feel like there's a lack of thoughtful production it yeah. doesn't really feel like there's any dynamic to those records like, I think there's some songs that are uh, solid. Um, and I feel like there's a few moments that are like egregiously bad. But for the most part, I feel like it's just kind no of whatever. They tried, they tried to double down and do the rock opera again. So it didn't work. So they tried to do a return to form um, by just 
assaulting people with as much material as possible. Yeah, I, I look at it simply, in, you know, and this is no, you know, I'm not trying to offend anyone here, but it kind of reminds me of like a, a midlife crisis record. It's like, oh, fuck, like, we're at this point now, now we've done everything. Now what? Um, let's go back to our roots, like you were saying. But rather than like, bringing the quality to sort of like an old school, let's say insomniac, three guys in a room making a record, which would have worked really well. Cause Billy Joel writes these great, you know, 1970s, 1980s power pop songs, you know, and given the right sort of production and feel like that, I feel like a lot of songs on Udo's tray convey that. It just has this really slick, um, expensive production. So it kind of loses that, again, that intimacy, I think. Um, but I did. I did make a Spotify playlist. <laughs> I took the three albums, listened to them, and made one decent record from all three. There you there go. Is enough, there is enough for like a pretty damn good Green Day record. Um, share that with me. I, I want. I hope you. Yeah. Get yeah. Send us. Send us that link, and and we'll we'll share it with yeah. with the listeners. Yeah, I think I, I could get behind that, but I just feel like I, I agree. It does feel like a crisis point, and I think the only problem though is like just the reverting back at this point it's like too late to revert back yeah, and i feel yeah. like this becomes the problem that follows them till now is now they're trying to write these kind of well, they're like 60 years old now like, and they're trying to write pop rock songs whereas like i feel like there's not i feel like the songs have kind of um just at least from a lyrical perspective kind of took like a long like walk back yeah whereas i feel like warning is a very mature record and probably their most mature record mm. and now it's weird having a bunch of guys in kind of their late 40s singing songs about being a teenager um well yeah. there was that moment during the prom the promotion of that record when billy joe had that shit fit on stage um at that iheart radio thing do you guys right. remember that so he he was doing an iheart radio thing with like justin bieber and all these pop people and they uh they timed him off stage like oh you got two minutes left and he had a shit fit if you look it up on youtube it's it's pretty wild i vaguely remember yeah yeah, yeah. He's like, that was like I the first time he went to rehab here. yeah fuck you blah, 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 and had a shit fit and then immediately went to rehab yeah, <laughs> yeah. so right. like in the so when you listen to it after knowing that happened there is that sense of yeah like the midlife crisis and also that panic mode like i don't know what i'm doing i'm trying to like stay young um but i'm fucked up all the time um i'm just gonna do whatever and put a rap song on there and so there is that like flailing um in, in uno dos tray that is kind of interesting after the fact you know, well, I, think, uh, I just wish they had anything else to do on those records like every all those records sound the same to me they're just a punk well, record and like if it was a little bit more, if it was like here's like sort of a reggae changed record, or here's more of a country changed record, or whatever it's gonna be, but it never goes so far in any direction as to have. You would think it's like, oh, here we're all exploring our influences. Well, but it sounds like everyone's influence is just Green Day. So did you, Liam? Did you um, ever either in two thousand? eight or any time since then get into that uh foxborough hot tubs ah that was gonna be my next yeah, point yeah absolutely yeah so yeah so i think that's 
better than a lot of Green Day records. Right. And so that's that's sort of why I'm just sort of steering it that way, Rick, right now. When um, da, 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 Revolution Radio came out, I remember a lot of people were sort of really jazzed, right? Uh, it had been a couple of years since Uno Dutre, and it was kind of this more like traditional return to form, um, shorter record, more to the point. And I listened to a little bit of it. It didn't quite click with me. And then um, a year and a half ago or so, Billy Joe releases the Long Shots record, which is like sort of like his first Foo Fighter records where he's like doing everything on. He's doing the drums, he's doing bass and all the guitar and everything. And that record is super good. And, and so I, mm-hmm. and so that was exciting because it's like, oh, he still has it. He can still make like a killer record. And then we got the most recent Green Day record, which I wasn't a huge fan of, um, even though I do like the fact that he traded in Butch Vig for Butch Walker as a producer because <laughs> Butch Walker does like amazing stuff on that. But the hot tub, uh, Foxborough hot tubs, I think is sort of more of what you were saying. It's all still the same three people um, right. with, yeah. I think Jason White is also on that as another guitar. Yeah, and so it's all different. the same people, but they've decided to do something different. Make a different sound. Instead of Green Day, right? And I don't right. know. Obviously, like that doesn't sell as many records as like a new Green Day record. Um, cause not as many people are going to listen to it, but I wonder if there, if there was like a, a sort of world where it was like green day presents Foxborough hot tubs. Right. And it's like, we're the same people, <laughs> but now we're doing like this band's music. And I think, ahead, yeah, John. something about green day always wanting to, you know, we, we've said it a hundred times in this conversation already, like back to form, wanting to sort of start over again. Um, I think them starting those other bands was just a way for them to not have the obligation or like fear to play arenas. Like they just want to fuck around. Like they had um, before Foxborough Hot Tubs, there was the network, oh, yeah. which was which was them and two guys from Devo. Oh, cool. And it was like new wave Devo. It literally sounded like Devo and Green Day. Oh, wasn't was that uh, like N-E-T-T-W-E-R-K? No, it was just the network. No, it was spelled regular. Yeah, and um, they played clubs for a little while, and then that just fizzled out because it was just I think they wanted something different that mm. wasn't Green Day, and I think Foxborough is the same thing. That was their like party band, right? Yeah, uh, I just feel like uh, all over everyone, and you know, some of the stuff on Uno Dos Tray is kind of would fit nicely in the Foxborough Hot Tubs pocket because that one record they have, I think, is a super solid experiment and like just old party garage rock. And I feel like they nail it. And um, right. I feel like no matter what, they, I, I like that it's released as a separate thing. Cause it's like, this is our party project. And mm-hmm. the MO of the band was they played small clubs and got really fucked up from what I understand. But like, I feel like if they had all that energy for that, I just feel like, the other stuff in those three collections comes off as lackluster. And I think they kind of know that because you have the, the whole Billy Joe spiraling out of control thing. And so I think revolution radio is supposed to be like the new comeback. And that's a record I kind of largely ignored kind of when it came back 
when it came yeah. out. So I've been revisiting it um, or really visiting it intently for like the first time in preparation for this podcast. And I feel like it's a lot more assertive sounding than the stuff they did on those um, three records. But I still feel like it's a little bit shallow. I feel like the music's a lot tighter. They have a lot more energy. Um, I feel like the production is better. Mm-hmm. It just feels like a much stronger record, but it still doesn't quite land. It feels like the record that would have come after American Idiot to me. Yeah, uh, probably yeah. really focused. Um, like Revolution Radio, the song is like one of the most quintessential Green Day songs they've written in a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, that record. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't choose to put it on. Um, I like, but I like, I like a, a handful of the songs quite a bit. Um, so it's a good point to see it'd be the one after American Idiot because that would actually, I would prefer that over 21st Century for sure. Yeah, like I, I feel like listening to it now with like fresh ears, it feels like more of a logical extension of probably what could have happened. Um, and I'm not sure if I would view that record differently if that was the next record. Yeah, yeah. That. There's like that's, a, a, that's definitely how I viewed it coming back at it from here. Like I sort of I completely ignored Revolution Radio when it came out, uh, but listening to it for this, I was like, this just sounds like some like that skipping stone between American Idiot, 21st Century Breakdown. Yeah, there's like a there's like a a theoretical timeline. <laughs> I think it's like kind of kind of what we've last last week when we were talking about um, against me, we sort of started creating these hypothetical timelines. <laughs> There's like this hypothetical timeline right. where like burnt out. Where Butch Vig is not bad. yeah, where Butch Vig doesn't make records. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where um, killed Butch Vig. Right. <laughs> no, where like they're burnt out on um, the success and the touring of. American idiot. They retire to like their little uh, studio practice space and do the Foxborough Hot Tubs record. Then they release another record under that name uh, with the like-minded songs from Uno Do Tre. Um, and then they do like the Green Day comeback record with um, Revolution Radio. I can live in that world. Mother of all, father of all motherfuckers. Well, yeah, no, no, that's, I don't know. I mean, let's discuss that a little yeah, bit. So, I mean, I mean, like it's, I don't it's think that's in my hypothetical parallel universe. <laughs> yeah, I think I can't well, even put it in a hypothetical thing. Cause I'm not sure if, I feel like revolution radio is still wouldn't be strong enough to really push them into like anything new or fresh it would have just saved a lot of yeah like i feel like i don't i still don't know if it would have been enough to put them like anywhere new oh i'm not arguing that 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 would have skyrocketed them to success again i'm just saying that they would have come back as green day and released that record and then gone away again Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah, i totally agree throughout the trajectory they were in the 90s were like Nimrod and Warning, like I feel like maybe Revolution Radio is more like a, like a Nimrod or something, uh, without without as much success, you know. Um, <laughs> not that they're so, trying water, but but yeah, and then and then when when he did the long shot, I just you brought it up earlier, um, his solo project, Billy Joe's solo project, 
I look at Longshot as what I think he wanted the dose tray to be. Mm. Sort of concise. But pop, more focused. You know? But more focused. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Not have, like, said the rap songs or whatever. Yeah, right. Um, that, would that, that style of songwriting, that, like, early 80s power pop, you know, like the band The Records or something like that, or, you know, uh, the beat, um, Paul Collins beat, like, that kind of stuff. Uh, and he did a really good job, and that record's really great. I mean, even people that hate Green Day like that record. That's a good record. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. I, and I appreciate when when artists do that kind of stuff. I would rather you go and do that than release any more Green Day albums at this point. Yeah, like, I think... Just lay, you, I'll, I'll get around to it, and you can name it whatever you want and have it be whatever kind of focused thing you want to do. But, like, don't keep trying to give me Green Day because Green Day is gone. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Green Day, you can't you can't make Green Day at 50 years old. You right. can't. I, you you got to uh, stop singing about kids at this point. Well, I feel like um, one, like, at the end of the first wave, you see, like, Warning, and that feels like a record I could see like an older band like performing but they had i feel like the new huge wave of young people that got really attracted to them kind of in like the mid-2000s kind of like paved the way for them wanting to maintain that kind of like youthful vigor to the point where we get now we're at father of all motherfuckers with um so are we on to that record now I mean, I we're so, on yeah. to it, because it's fucking wild. It is insane. <laughs> Every so, song I listened to, I had to go back and, like, double-check that it was still Green Day. I was like, is this playing The Strokes? Should it, it sounds just, like, like a Strokes record. change over yeah, to the Black Keys? Like, what is happening? No, like, and it's I had no Day. really... <laughs> yeah. Um, I, had... I haven't listened to it enough um, to have a big opinion on it i mean i didn't like warning when it came out and so i, I don't know if this is going to stand the test of time warning did <laughs> um <laughs> but it will be interesting to listen to it in like five or ten years and see you know see how i actually feel about it um i think on the surface first time listening to it i'm like this is fun uh okay <laughs> you know it has that sugar coated like i i think i think what they were going for was like a short fast sugary sugar drink kind of an album and i think they succeeded yeah uh it just feels weird coming on a green day album <laughs> you know yeah. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still a little thump, no. i can't really put my head around it yet yeah so yeah it doesn't sound like green day at all yeah so liam to your point it's actually funny um the first like when it came out i had no idea like i wasn't really paying keeping close tabs on it it just kind of seems sudden it's like oh new grand new record i should i'll check it out and so I listened to it, and then, like, the following day, I was um, hanging out with my significant other. I'm like, when you leave, you need to listen to this record. <laughs> I need to know what you think, like, immediately. And it's like, this is a really good Strokes record, was the reaction <laughs> that was given to me. And um, there's something about it, like, I don't know if it's good. Um, part, a lot of, part of me wants to say, like, it's... What I like about it is aggressively in a direction. It feels like a bunch of guys did a bunch of blow and tried to just like <laughs> go at it. Like I don't know. I know that it feels like I don't know if it's good, but I appreciate that it's at least like assertive. 
Whereas I feel like nothing since really American Idiot was assertive. And this is obviously like assertive in some way. It feels like very... Yeah, they, they definitely want to dance. This is like, like a fuck it record. Like, fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it does feel like a fuck it record. And part of me likes that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if, like, I had a shit-eating grin the whole time I was listening to it. Yeah. I, for what reason, I'm not sure, but I definitely did. <laughs> right. It did something to you, whether, whether you know yeah. you're bad. Yeah, and, and, like, the one thing I'll say is, like, all the other records previously didn't really... It had been four records since they had a record that did something and to me. Right. I will say, like, I put that one back on today while I was making breakfast, and I was dancing around the kitchen. Like, it, I, it's crazy, and I really feel like it's one of the signs <laughs> that we're in the wrong timeline. Like, we're outside of the dimension. This isn't what Green Day should be. Yeah. We shouldn't have Kool-Aid-flavored Oreos. Like... <laughs> Where it's wrong <laughs> now, but we're not paying enough attention. But that being said, I was bopping to it in the kitchen. And yeah, it honks, but I don't think. Yeah, that this record is could have been anybody else. Like that could have been Billy Joel calling it whatever the fuck he wants to. That didn't have to be a Green Day record, and that's not going to do anything for their reputation. And I think that's what I keep coming back to, and sort of what. Uh, that other the the question that stemmed from it is like who would you stop if you could in order to save their reputation <laughs> um i listened to a podcast the other day and they were shitting all over you too and it's crazy to think like if you two had stopped at a certain point they wouldn't be the butt of everyone's joke anymore like they'd just be remembered as well as the police or anyone else yeah or the um, jam they'd be like a jam if they stopped yeah you know, if they had stopped at Joshua Tree or whatever it is, Kid A or OK Computer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that I think that needs to have happened with Green Day. I think Green Day sort of outgrew themselves. It, I, uh, I, th- I, I don't think so many of these records are forgettable, and so many of them didn't need to be made. And I don't think they should have ever dabbled in rock opera i don't think that was their forte um you're doing it go for it so i'm going for it i mean i'll I'll lead off and i think their last record should have been warning i think warning is their best record i think they finally explore all their influences to their fullest extent and find a truly dynamic record um and make something that isn't really punk isn't really anything else but goes uh, explores their sound to the fullest. Um, and really, I think they're playing at their peak on that record as well. There's little nuances to everything that happens on there that I, I they sort of ignore as time goes on and they lose to sort of their brick of sound. Um, and I think, you know, the starting with Warning and ending with uh, Macy's Day Parade, I think Macy's Day Parade is a great song for... Uh, the whole of Green Day to gone out of. And then American you know, Idiot should have just been Billy Joel's comeback, or Billy, Billy Joel's, Billy <laughs> Joe's comeback. It had to have a fucking, yeah, as a fucking stage show or whatever. Like, it didn't have to be a Green Day record. He could have done it on his own and whatever. But for me, I would have stopped Green Day at Warning. Um, not only do I think it should have been their last, I think it's their best. And I'll pass it along to Aria. Cause he's to my 
left. <laughs> left on my right. screen. Yeah. So um, I, I'm gonna. I've I've been thinking about this, and especially since the against me episode and the decision that a lot of people landed on there is like I don't want to send them up on a record that I think is actually their best because I feel like the career should end somewhere after that. I feel like they they had the second wave, but it wouldn't feel right to just end it there. So I actually think 21st Century Breakdown should have been the end. And um, the reason I feel like that is I don't... I feel like that record isn't a success on a lot of levels, but I feel like it shows that they kind of explored all there was to go um, and just didn't make it. I mean, I think there's some cool ideas there that aren't fully hashed out, but I feel like with American Idiot, I feel like it'd be weird not knowing what happens to a band after that. Um, and I actually disagree. I feel like I hear across records from American Idiot to like Insomniac, I feel like I hear a consistent um, certain flourishes in their sound that are like the way they play is kind of always the same. Yeah. Even though they apply themselves a little differently. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the bum 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 is like every year they record no matter where. So uh, I don't know. That's my that's my where I land. Twenty first century breakdown. Yeah. Okay. Um, my turn, I guess. Yeah. Go Sean. <laughs> uh, I am the. I'm probably going to be. Uh, I'll be the nice guy here, and probably the unpopular opinion. Um, I want them to keep making records. There you go. I yeah. knew it was going to happen. That's this okay. is why we brought you in here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, because, sure, Father of All Motherfuckers isn't the greatest thing. Uh, recall, we kind of have fun listening to it, and there's like a shared experience with Green Day that's fun. You see them live. Um, it's a whole new thing. Uh, Billy Joe writes great songs. I don't know if I have. I don't want to see. <laughs> What's that? I don't know if I have seen them live. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what but, if I had? No, I just forgot. Yeah, um, I don't want them to stop because you know he writes great songs. And let's say this one's a, a clunker. The next one might be their next, their fourth round of of amazingness. Um, so I'm interested to yeah. see what keeps happening. Uh, I'm not embarrassed by any of anything in their repertoire. Um, there are some bad songs, um, but there's still great songs within the bad songs. And so if I can have one, if if Green Day puts out ten songs every two years and two songs are great then i'll i'll happily sit through the eight bad ones uh to get to the two good ones because those are going to be worth it for me um and they have become a legacy act like youtube um they don't need to make new albums they could just do dookie right. american media yeah. but the fuck you and them the, the punk rock let's say in them uh still wants to keep making new music uh whether we like it or not um and that's what i've always loved about green day side projects, um, you know, playing in clubs, not telling anyone, uh, bringing little kids on stage to perform with them, to play guitar and drums, like everything they do. That just, is very cool. You two wouldn't do it. Coldplay wouldn't do it. There's like a, a cool fuck you that, that punk rock beginning of the, you know, their lives sort of has stuck with them, even when they've been gigantic stars. Um, so I want to, I want to see them keep doing what they're doing. Um, even if I'm not a huge fan of it. <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, maybe, maybe Father of All will be awesome in five or ten years. 
I feel like I'm gonna listen to Father of All Motherfuckers a lot but this summer. I, like, I, do I, have a I don't. I have a question about that record, though. Do we, do we feel like that record, that record might be a fuck you statement completely? Like, I'm not sure if they're yanking everyone's chain with that record, kind of like intentionally. It could be. So we I might be on the hundred percent. So I, it's hard to say. Um, but working with what we have now, yeah. Or they're having fun. It sounds like they're having fun, and I'm having fun listening yeah. to it. Even if this isn't going to be a radio hit in 25 years, at least I'm having fun in the moment. <laughs> it is a short record, though. It's like 20. It is. Yeah. It's only 23 minutes or something. 24 minutes. 26, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, that, that's 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 like the perfect the perfect dose of Green Day. That's um, fine with me. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'll definitely grill to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll drink some uh, some white claws with that. Yeah. Yeah, white claws and cupcakes. Baby. Some twisted cheese. I'll get, I'll get clobbered to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, this is yeah. I don't know. Green, you're all making uh, excellent arguments, and I and I it's sort of, I sort of agree with with all of you. Um, in my heart, so I've been I've been sort of approaching it as like this. Uh, line in the sand sort of thing you know like if nothing comes after it am i am i okay in my heart right. I'm, I'm okay if the line is drawn at insomniac and i never hear nimrod or uh warning or anything what? yeah i am but but that's not my answer I'm just, <laughs> no i'm not saying that <laughs> But I am. I. I no, mean, I would have liked that. Now I don't. I was care. gonna say that sounded like your answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah All right. Like yeah. That, yeah. Man. Cool. Let's say that then. No, I'm gonna say that. <laughs> They're the clash. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. The crap. And I, I don't know. You know. I mean, part of that is just like my experience with Green Day. Um. When 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 we were growing up, and so like Liam and I, really like we grew up together. We from like. 16 on we're you know very close and our sort of group of friends you know we all had our like collective bands um but everyone had like their own specific band right like liam's band for many years was he was like the blink 182 kid and our and our friend our friend trevor was uh the offspring kid and our and our friend tommy who uh was the drummer in our band and uh on our first episode that we did about annie flag he was the green day kid right and so, like, um, I kind of kept up with them, like, a little bit just in, like, the periphery. Um, but my sort of, like, arrested development, like, stilted uh, view on Green Day is, like, this 10 to 12-year-old kid version of Green Day. And that is, like, the Dookie Insomniac. And, you know, it's super cool that that they're still making music and that they're, you know, selling out clubs and, and, you know, and doing everything that they're doing. But like my personal connection with them, uh, I think ends in like 1996. And so, so, <laughs> so I'm, yeah, 12, 12 year old Jim, 12 year old Jim <laughs> thinks that insomniac should have been, uh, Green Day's last record, last? and that was not wow. where I. This is not where I was going into this, but you talked me into it. So, 
That's okay. Yeah. You're never going to hear Time of My Life? No. No, I don't need to hear Time of My Life. That's what That was a big thing for me is uh, in the other direction was I would prefer to have never heard when September, wake me up when September ends. Mm-hmm. Like I would do anything in my power to have stopped that song from existing <laughs> as I could. Mm. Uh, we should. But I that's mean, wild. That's I probably that's probably the most uh, varied responses we've gotten in an episode. Nobody landed together or even close. Well, it helps that this yeah, time we had four people. Well, four people makes yeah, yeah. Makes much different than three. My other my other um, approach too. before I was browbeat into saying insomniac was sort of what I was leaning towards earlier was American Idiot, um, in part because like they were it, it's kind of like an amazing story right like they they were the big, right. they were the biggest band in like ninety five, right so yeah. it's like Kurt Cobain died so that's over, and like you have both the the uh free fnx hat shell show that was the the green day riot here in boston yeah and then you have the the woodstock 94 um mud throwing the famous mud throwing you know and so then they're like height of their of their fame and and like influence and power at that time and you have like this lit, not little, but like this drastic like downslope for a lot of years, and then they like come back with American Idiot and they win uh, the Grammy for like best rock uh, album, and it's like now they're they're on top of the, the the game again. They're like king of the mountain, and then like fuck off, and then like then the punk thing to do is like take your trophies <laughs> and and like run and then go do something else, right? Um, so that, yeah, but I'm going to stick, that was just my other, that was like my, my intellectual answer, but I'm going to go with my heart and I'm going to stick with insomniac. They're going to go with kid. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, as a 35 year old, I'm going to say that they should have stopped when I was 12. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) I would be very bummed to have not, uh, gotten warning in my life. Right. I, I, it's a good. It means I, a different I've thing back to you. That record numerous times. Yeah. yeah. That's excellent. But that's great. Right. Yeah. Now we're at the end. <laughs> do we want to try the new question? Yeah, we can. We can do the new question. Yeah. I forgot. So, I mean, it kind of takes a little bit of new time, but uh, so I mentioned before, you too. If you could have stopped them at Joshua Tree, they'd be remembered more fondly. Any band you could choose to have stopped at a certain point Mm. and uh you know when and why that could have saved them like i think you know some people might say like you know diehard fans of green day be like oh i'd stop them before dookie they were the best before dookie (laughs) right yeah yeah. you know uh (laughs) and i think definitely u2 is probably the best example is like bono might still be a respected individual if he hadn't beamed everyone uh, beamed his fucking album into everyone's phone. <laughs> uh, so, well, does anything come to mind? Liam, do you want to kick that off um, and give everyone else a chance to think? I mean, I don't know. <sighs> it almost spoils it for other 
for uh, future episodes, I guess. And you two is sort of the one that definitely, uh, you know, speared my nonsense of that. Because hearing people like make fun of you two and like hearing like how much people don't like you two nowadays, like their early you two, I fucking love. And I yeah. grew up on it so much that like it sucks to think like maybe all of that will be overshadowed for this next generation just by their uno dos quatorce <laughs> fucking phase of putting your phone and your putting your their album on their iPhone. Like, no, they made beautiful fucking records yeah. to begin with. And now maybe nobody will get back to them. Like, I don't know. Um, this is a hard question. It is a hard question. Yeah, yeah. I feel like maybe it doesn't work for this format. It might work. It might work. Sean, it. Sean has sure. something. First off the top of my head, you'll, I'm sure you guys will do an episode of this. Um, so I'll wait for that to happen and listen to that. But uh, Weezer. I mean, yeah, Weezer should have done yeah. a long fucking time ago. Um, they still write great songs in that mess, but there's something less pure about it for me than Green Day, but that's because I have a personal preference. Um, <laughs> another one comes to mind, I guess the Rolling Stones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the- They haven't had a hit. Since 1982 or whatever, so I think like Black and Blue would probably be, and even then, like a lot of people would say that Some Girls should have been their last record. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's too long. Black and Blue. That is (laughs) one. That is what comes to my mind when when Liam first brings up this question. And the other question that we've we've always asked people is, what's a band that you could go see at like one specific time in their career? And the answer that I've given for that is that I would want to go see the Rolling Stones on the Exile on Main Street tour. Like that is a time that I would love to have seen them. But yeah, the Rolling Stones are a band and I would I would let it go a little bit beyond that. I I don't know if we're ever going to get to a Stones record on this show. So I would probably say like some girls, um, but in sort of that era. But I definitely. ooh, yeah, that that is a band that I would like to have physically stopped their career uh at a certain point and and just mm, paused it <laughs> yeah i mean at least, at least for writing new songs i mean if they want to do the uh the legacy train like they've been doing and play those hits then so be it yeah that's like, fine you don't yeah. have to write any more songs it's like i'm the aside from green day the who is my favorite band of all time mm. and they put out a record six months ago um and I like a couple of the songs. <laughs> I, I didn't need a Who record in 2019. You right. You know what I mean? Yeah. The moment <laughs> has passed. When Keith Moon died, that was it. But Pete Townsend's yeah. great songs. Um, but yeah, you don't need it right now. Mm. Let's just go watch them do Bob O'Reilly and My Generation and smile and sing along and <laughs> be done with it. Yeah. Right, they right, they right. know that's the case. Yeah. That's the case. It's the agreement we've made, spending $300 to see them or whatever. <laughs> you know. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't. I don't have an answer to this question. That's okay. But like, there's very few bands who I'd like. To what about what about from. what about the other one? If there was any any performance you could go, he could have been, you could have seen. Uh, that one's a little more mm-hmm. positive, so it don't have to be as negative. Yeah, because I feel like there's very few bands I'd like to like. There's few bands I like that I would forcibly stop. Most bands have forced right, like, me to stop. Yeah, like Red Hot Chili Peppers probably should have been stopped at a point. Like, I think we might... I mean, I think Blink-182 should have been stopped. 
probably absolutely. Blink one eighty two should have been stopped. Like, you'll, you'll I just don't want we'll to get, get it to win because that's how the season. Well, well before Matt Skiba. Yeah. yeah. But um Scabba. I think Scabba the Hut. Wish I saw um was the Kings of Nothing played the Middle East downstairs and I was like fifteen, so I was too young to go. And that has I think that's the last show they ever played. Um and that's plagued me ever since. Uh, Excellent. And so that that's one. Um, for a mainstream act, I'd do Springsteen, Darkest on the Edge of Town tour. Is what I'd like to see. Nice, nice, good one. Steve kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> anything else, Liam? No, <laughs> I can't think of anything else. I, I, do, we, do we all like? I'm Kerplunk surprised. Again? Say that again, Sean. I love Kerplunk. Do we all like Kerplunk at least? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't yes. think there's any yeah. denying. We, we didn't get. We didn't spend enough time with ten thirty nine and Kerplunk of this episode, but yeah. I think. I um, mean, those are such great little punk records, and then Dookie is undeniable. You can't. You can't get over Dookie like that. If that didn't happen, the world would be a different place. You the the reach of that record, how much it's affected everything else around it. Uh, you can't. You can't that say that perfect about time, uh, perfect place. Many bands or albums. Many records. No. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the same. That that's in the same tier as Nevermind for Nirvana, and you know anything you want to put in that time range of people. I think it's just as effective, if not more, because punk rock. Like, I don't think you. You'd be hard pressed to find anyone playing music today that didn't wouldn't cite green day as a record and probably didn't come up on that record yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens now with records out because you know i think we all agree that in the mainstream setting rock is dead <laughs> which could be why big yeah. rock is doing yeah. fuck you records um so to see like something with the power of dookie or Nevermind happen now you know what's that going to look like or sound like Sorry. i'm so excited i hope i'm not too old for it yeah <laughs> that's what i'm like so worried about is like the next cool thing of like whatever stems from this fucking nonsense of fucking ptsd we all have from being locked inside from this like i might be too old to appreciate whatever the cool kids are doing <laughs> well, hopefully we get one hopefully yeah hopefully, we get hopefully. One. yeah maybe billy eilish is the closest thing but you know time will tell i guess Hey, I like Billy Irish. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. This could be a whole separate. <laughs> it could be. But I think that's been pretty much the whole time, a whole entire of this. What am I even trying to say? That's that episode. Yeah. That's a wrap, folks. That's We've a got four people chiming in on who Green Day should have stopped at. What Green Day should have stopped? My God. <laughs> or shouldn't have stopped I shouldn't be a host of anything. <laughs> that was a lot of fun, though, guys. Yeah, uh, thanks, guys. Uh, so, Aria, can you yes. point people to anywhere to find anything you want them to look at, listen to? I heard you're in a band, maybe. Uh, yeah, so I'm in a band called uh, Coffin Salesman, and you can find us online by looking that up. It's fairly Coffin easily Googleable. Google. You'll find it there. The music's great. And then Sean, I heard also you might be in a band. 
I am also in a band uh, called The Pretty Flowers. Uh, you guys may have heard of them. Maybe at the I... beginning of these episodes. Yeah, at the beginning and end of each episode, you listen to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the bumper music is a prime, primo spot. Um, unfortunately, I'm not playing drums on that track, but we have a new record coming out. Uh, maybe that'll be the theme when you when we put that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I work on Crank Anchor, so if you guys like you're stuck watching TV, watch Crank Anchors. That's my other. Hell thing. yeah! Perfect. That's awesome. Well, yeah, Pretty Flowers just put us in being um, Pretty Flowers Band, because otherwise you're just going to get a bunch of pictures of flowers. Um, <laughs> well, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up this year. I'm really excited. Um, so hopefully we get out of this quarantine safe and sound, and we can go to shows again and see each other and not have to exist. Uh, yeah, and really hug cool. for way too long. I think everybody's going to be way into hugging. Hugs. So. Yeah. It's... Or not. No. Yeah. <laughs> or not. No, yeah, yeah. There'll be a grace period before the well, hugs. Yeah, no touch, no touch. A brief grace period. Well, yeah. you can always get to us at uh, Should Have Been There Last on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can reach us at Should Have Been There Last at gmail.com if you think we've been r- loud and wrong about anything. Um, make sure to just like record a voicemail or write in. We'll put it on the air if you think maybe Green Day should. Uh, should have stopped at Kerplunk. I don't know. Maybe that was it. But thanks for tuning in, guys. Everybody, have a good day. Have a good one. Thanks, thanks. guys. Bye bye.